1: Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ
2: communities. This is Well, 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 brought to you by the team from Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. You're here on Well, Well, Well with Jack and Jacinta. And we're now joined by Therapeutic Services Manager for South Australia, Venetia Brissenden. Uh Long-time listener, first-time caller. No, that's not quite true. Uh, (laughs) We'll we'll have you on talking all things. um, I mean, typically, Thorn Harbour was doing uh, stuff out at what we call the cottage for a little bit there. Yeah. um, Around alcohol and other drug. Uh, Before we get into, I suppose, uh, the sort of bisexual visibility stuff and around Mm -hmm. LGBTIQ+, Women's Health Conference... Thornhub has been quite busy recently in South Australia. Um,
1: (laughs) We have (laughs) launched
2: a a mental health service, I suppose. Um, I don't think we've spoken at length on WellO Well Well about that since it launched, Uh right?
1: Yeah, no, probably not. Um, so, yes, we, we've been very, very busy here in Adelaide. Uh, it's been a bit of a crazy time, but a really great time. So we've just, uh, we opened, we had the launch, I think, on the 31st of July in Adelaide, and that was terrific. We had so many people here. And I think that just kind of showed that there is a real appetite for a community, community-controlled community community controlled organization to be delivering services to our communities in Adelaide. I think um, you know, the Adelaide, oh, you know, the LGBTIQA plus community here has really been incredible at doing a lot of stuff on the smell of an oily rag with hardly any funding and a lot of volunteer hours and um, dedication and passion. And I think, you know, that that really needs to be noted and celebrated. It's a, you know, a great community that does a lot, um, but it's really great to see funding finally coming for these services and and for that funding to be going to um, an LGBTIQA plus community-controlled organisation, you know. Um, and so we have had the drug and alcohol service here for a couple of years, quite, you know, a small service, and now we have uh, a specialist mental health service, which is just amazing. Like, <laughs> you know, we're all um, we're all just really excited to be working in that space and to be providing that service for our communities. And um, just seeing people come through now and starting to get a service, it's yeah, it's it's a great feeling, yeah.
2: If you're listening and uh you potentially live in Adelaide or near Adelaide and you want to know more about that you can head to thornharbor.org uh to find out more about the drug and alcohol service and the specialist mental health service as well. Um but we are rapidly approaching the LGBTIQ+ Women's Health Conference for yes. Asia and um I believe you have submitted an abstract for a workshop around mm-hmm. um the B in LGBTI. Um yeah. the title there is Am I Queer Enough and uh, you know it's yeah. I I suppose Interesting timing that we're recording this in uh, Bisexual Visibility Week. It's from the 16th oh. to the 23rd of September. Um, you can only see bisexual people this week. They, they, they're invisible after <laughs> We that. disappear. We disappear yeah.
1: under
2: a rock. Um, I, I suppose uh, it, it also is more broadly Bi Awareness Month. I guess, what does this time of year um, mean to you and... Uh, do you notice an uptick? Would you would you say potentially in all things buy? Uh,
1: yeah, well, I guess there's more buy stuff around, you know, on the interwebs and uh, just generally. But um, you know, I, I like to think I'm visibly buy twelve months of the year. But <laughs> it is good to have a month and uh, and you know a couple of some events and things to kind of raise visibility. Um, Particularly for the other parts of the rainbow community, I think uh, I think that's where I think it's particularly useful. Um, and I think you know that it's sort of reflected in the workshop title: "That Am I Queer Enough?" Um, I don't I don't know that. Um, I think that's that seems to be the struggle for a lot of um, bi plus folk uh, is um, the place we go to to look for acceptance and understanding and to make sense. Of um our sexuality and our experiences of biphobia and biurasia is the queer community. And then often we we experience exactly the same thing. And uh that's that's you know, it's really painful and it's really difficult. I think it's getting better, obviously it's getting a lot better, but there's still work to do, I think. Um and it means that we can experience a lot of uncertainty and I mean, I guess you know what is it the thing? One of the things that make that increase and build resilience for LGBTIQA plus folk generally, you know, it's that kind of um, uh, communal. It's pride, right? It's 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 being able to you know understand and accept your identity and and live that with with pride and celebrate it. And it's it's also about that kind of communal meaning making, you know, with other people around. What does that mean? What does it look like? Uh, what does it mean to be by to live a by life? All of that, and and you want to do that with the rest of the, of the community, you know. Um, and sometimes that can be that can be difficult. Yeah. Um, so so I think by visibility is important. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think especially that that existential question of am i queer enough is something that yeah. comes up time and time again like it's it's not oh okay yeah i'm by i'm queer enough moving on it's a yeah. constant conversation with yourself and with others in community um and reminding yourself yeah i'm queer enough and i belong in this community so um yeah what what has that been like for you personally to is it still something that you question yourself am I queer enough
1: oh sometimes yeah yeah Less so now I mean I work for a queer org that's really helpful
0: (laughs) (laughs) the validation you need yes (laughs) yeah that's right
1: yeah (laughs) um but yeah sometimes I do and and I think another thing for for bisexual folk is just you just have to come out constantly all the time, you know. Um, I had to do a whole new coming out process when I started working at Thorn Harbour Health. It's like, no, I'm not a lesbian, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so look, by, it was really messy for me really coming and and like you know, I'm I'm old as the hills, like not quite, but I, I'm I'm in my fifties and uh, I came out in. You know, the 80s, and it was a very different, different world back then. And bisexuality really didn't kind of exist in my mind. And so I went through this really full on process of, um, you know, coming out as a lesbian uh, at nineteen. You know, at a family dinner. By the way, <laughs> I'm a lesbian. Wow. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then, having to go back and go confuse myself and everybody else with like, I uh, actually know maybe I'm straight. And then, like, no, no, I'm, I'm definitely not straight. I'm, you. Know, it was just, yeah. I think my, my mother got quite exasperated. Actually, It was like, well, do you just work out what you are? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, is that a common thing for bisexual people to go through? I mean, yeah, know the answer to yeah. that, but for our listeners, like having that back and forth, and can you just decide of which side you're on?
1: It, uh, totally, that is a very common. I really hope that that is getting easier for young people now uh, to be much more okay with sexual fluidity, I guess, and not feeling like you need to kind of... Um, pick a side, you know, (laughs) that it's that you can occupy this kind of um, other space. Uh, I'm I'm really pleased about that. You know, I I do think it is a lot easier than it was when I was younger, but I still think it's difficult. And I still think it's kind of um, because we have cultures, right? We have, you know, kind of um, subcultures or or spaces or cultures where you feel comfortable. And for me, I've always been like, you know, most of my friends are uh, queer, you know, and I've always felt more comfortable in, in queer community and queer spaces. Um, um, And I've always felt very uncomfortable with the idea of passing a straight. Like it just feels like I'm just like hiding this whole part of myself and you have to do that thinking of, you know, when do I come out? Do I come out? You know, do I have to correct people's assumptions constantly. Um, and, uh, you know, I wanted to always hang out in in queer spaces with people who were not straight, you know, because I knew I wasn't straight. Um, and that was really difficult. That was really difficult when it was just gay and lesbian. and bisexuality was not really understood or seen as a, a stable identity, really. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. I feel like I forgot.
0: Yeah, no. Also. I mean, we could just <laughs> chat. <laughs> mm. I think um, where, where my thoughts are going to is what kind of reception do you get from people when you do correct them and say, oh, actually, I am bi? Are, are people <sighs> like, you know, what kind of reception? And do you even have people who maybe come to you and say oh I'm bi as well and like have someone to talk to you about it for the first time.
1: Yes, yes I have had and that's been really really lovely. Um uh look it's it's weird you know because I yes I say things are getting better but you know I've I've definitely in the last few years that you know have had people respond with you know bisexuality doesn't exist. Um <laughs> you know. Wow. <Yeah. laughs> um yeah. And people respond with, well, I'm fully gay. And I'm like, Well, I'm fully bi. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not I'm not half something and half something else. I think that's a bit of a misconception, right? That being bisexual is like you're you're half straight and half gay. Well, you're not, you know. <laughs> you're bisexual. It's its own discreet kind of uh way of being. And um uh and then you feel like you have to pull out your bona fides, you know. It's like uh, yeah, you know, uh, and people will check. But you were married to a woman, weren't you? Yes, I was, but I'm still bisexual. (laughs) um, And I think, you know, and sometimes I think, well, thank God I was married to a woman because I can pull that out all the time. It's like, you know, legitimizes. my. And I think people who maybe have never who know that they're bisexual, but have never maybe had a relationship with a woman or, or or a person of the same gender as them. Um, or a person who's not of the opposite gender, um, you know, can feel that am I queer enough thing even more acutely, you know. Is this legitimate? Is this, you know, and people shouldn't have to. No one should have to kind of, you know, give people a list of who they've been attracted to or had sex with to justify their sexual orientation, you know. So,
2: yeah, yeah. It's a bit bizarre, like, if gay people were asking each other, like, well, how gay are you? Like, where are the receipts? It's It just is bizarre in comparison. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here on Well, 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 you're still with Jack and Jacinta. Uh, we're speaking with Venetia Brissenden uh, over in Adelaide uh, about her upcoming workshop at the LGBTIQ Plus Women's Health Conference. Am I queer enough being the B in LGBTI? Stick around. We've got more coming up in just a moment.
1: From HIV to COVID-19, STIs and everything in between, you're listening to Well, Well, Well on Joy and the Community Radio Network
2: you still with us here on Well, Well, Well with Jack and Jacinta, and we are still with Venetia Brissenden over in Adelaide, uh, the Therapeutic Services Manager there for Thorn Harbour Health, speaking about um, a, a little bit about their experience uh, being uh, bi, bi-plus, queer, uh, and their upcoming workshop at the LGBTIQ Plus Women's Health Conference, Am I Queer Enough Being the B in LGBTI? I mean, in your abstract, Venetia, you... you Um, Mention how uh, bisexual women struggle for both the legitimacy of their sexual identity and to be seen as having sexual agency, I suppose. Why is it important to have a space dedicated to discussing this?
1: Um, I think, look, I think the issues for bisexual men and for bisexual women are a little bit different Mm. and... um, and probably and I and I think there's this really interesting space for non-binary and trans people as well around around sexuality and being bisexual too, but I, I'm I'm I haven't had that experience. But um I think uh while bisexuality tends to get erased for everybody, um, I think it can also be fetishized for women and um and it can be seen through the context of heteros as as a kind of a kinky heterosexuality, if you like, rather than a legitimate kind of um sexual orientation that has nothing to do with men, you know. Um and so so there's this idea that women are just playing, right? You know, that it's uh it's just being sexy and 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 sexually playful, not actually about, you know, um actually have a, having a relationship with someone of the same gender or 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 you know, um, something that is, is, that is outside the kind of heterosexual dynamic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for people to have the respect of the legitimacy of those, you know, of that sexual agency, regardless of whether it is an ongoing relationship or if it's a one-time fling. Um, exactly. Yeah. 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 People yeah. dismissing what it means and taking away that sexual agency for sure Yeah. is something yeah. that we see a lot. Um, and is it something that people you find in maybe in these sorts of spaces, like a workshop at a conference or just conversations that people have with you, is it something that they are open to discussing and kind of like open up into that conversation or do you find there's a bit of hesitation um, to talk um, about it openly?
1: Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure actually. <laughs> I think it will be really interesting when we do the conference to see what the collective experience is mm. uh, and that's one of the reasons why I think uh, Carolyn and Gillespie, my co-presenter and myself, want to do the workshop because we really want to create a space for um you know uh, attendees to and participants to to explore that you know um is this something that we all experience and all feel um i suspect that it is um <laughs> but um and i think there's you know there's certainly a lot of um i guess discussion uh in by communities around um uh not being, you know, for by women, I think, not being seen as, as, um, making decisions for themselves, uh, with certainty about their identity and their attractions and their, their, their sex lives and all of that, that it's kind of in response to something else. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's going to be very interesting.
2: Admittedly, the LGBT plus women's health conference is still, uh, It's about a month away um, as of recording, Um, but the workshop uh, will present some of the latest research on the health and well-being of bisexual people and attempt to tease out some of the issues uh, facing bisexual women in particular. I suppose from what your research so far has um, presented, I, I suppose, what is the research saying?
1: so the research and you know i it's not like there's a huge amount of it there isn't really uh when we talk about research particularly in the australian context around uh you know rainbow communities we're really talking about private lives three writing themselves in those those kinds of um uh bigger um pieces of research and what they show is uh that pansexual and bi people who identify as pansexual bisexual and also queer, um, experience higher rates of mental distress, uh, psychological distress and poor mental health and suicide attempts in the previous 12 months than uh, people who identify as gay or lesbian. Um, And, you know, I think that really speaks to that sense of not having a a solid community, I guess, and uh, all of those things that, as I mentioned before, we know build resilience perhaps being being more fraught or more difficult for um, pansexual, bisexual people. Um, and I think uh, people find it more, also the research shows that people experience more um a sense of biophobia or panphobia, I guess, in workplaces um, and much more difficulty kind of coming out in workplaces and feeling um, um, secure in terms of um, experiencing um, uh, sexuality-based um, uh, oppression and stigma and discrimination in wo- at work, which I think is really interesting, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think just speaks to uh, just just there's been a lot of work in terms of um, homophobia and I think there's just been less work in terms of biphobia and what that is and what it's like to have to experience that um, um, you know of course, everyone in the you know and and I should say that of course this is really difficult for trans and non-binary mm. uh, people as well like uh um, I'm really comparing this to people who are gay and lesbian not necessarily who who um, are gender diverse I think that's a different different area and 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 we know that 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 um, uh definitely the the burden in terms of uh, poor mental health and and um, uh, stigma and discrimination is 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 much higher with uh trans and gender diverse folk. But um I I think for, you know, it's really interesting that and when I say bisexual, of course, I mean pansexual as well. Um and also I identify as queer and queer was just this fantastic term when bi- queer to me existed really before bisexuality existed. <laughs> so um so you know, I I, I love the term because it was like, oh, I don't have to explain. You know? Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: yeah, when it's more complicated, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so I think that's what the research is showing, and and I think when you talk to 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 buy plus people, that's that's generally what they'll say their experience is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and with those, um, I guess the the really big impact on mental health, especially, and and those other things that you mentioned. When you see that, uh, I guess, directly through the the clinical work that you do, you know, working at a community-led um, mental health, AOD services, yeah. what do you tell clients? Like how can people support themselves when they do feel isolated or rejected by community?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, finding <laughs> finding other bisexual people is always a really good idea um you know and for a lot of people that might be online uh it might be doing some research i think a, a lot a lot of the struggle are, you know and and this is just anecdotal right this is just coming from my own experience and my experience working with 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 um plus clients is that you you it can take a while to to become comfortable with with the fact that your sexuality is perhaps more fluid and may shift a little over time that there are things to discover about your sexuality that take that might take a while right because bisexual can cover a whole lot of it's not that you 50 equally 50 50 <laughs> you know um it, there's a lot of nuance in it, you know, it's like you might be, really sexually attracted to men and romantically attracted to to more feminine presentations when i say men and women i'm probably meaning masculine and feminine really um that you that you might be um you know mostly have relationships with one gender but really enjoy connecting sexually with another gender now and then or or you're you're you feel like you're completely open to anybody, uh, uh, either sexually or romantically, and could have a relationship with anybody. It really differs uh, for different people, and it can take a while for you to figure out what it looks like for you. What does it What does it mean for you? And also, that can also shift over time. And then you 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 might find you go through that whole questioning again of like, oh, what sexuality am I really? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, and I think I think that's a really that that can be a difficult spot to inhabit for people and um and and coming to some acceptance of that i think can be a really useful thing
2: yeah i suppose in the workshop participants will be in, uh, invited to explore their own experiences and to consider how the plus community can be more inclusive for bisexual women and again we're kind of including uh, pansexual women in that um as well and non-binary people yeah Yeah. totally um what are some of the things you're excited to discuss as part of that
1: well i think we're hoping actually to develop a little bit of a (laughs) i mean i won't say manifesto but uh, you know a um, a set of requests right (laughs) you know (laughs) this is what we want um you know, LGBTIQA plus community and spaces to be aware of, consider, and the ways in which we'd like them to change, you know. Uh, And that's, I'm hoping that we're going to end up with uh, a bit of a document, you know, (laughs) coming out of this conference and this workshop, which is, I think, you know, thrilling. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, so building something I together. I don't want to
1: anticipate what's going to be in it because you know, that's going to be up to the participants. But uh, Exactly.
0: Oh, yeah. well, there you go. You heard it here first. If you want to be part of the Bisexual Manifesto, <laughs> make sure you attend
1: Manisha uh, and Carolyn's <laughs> workshop. Uh, I specifically said not a manifesto
0: uh, a, a document <laughs> of sorts. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and more broadly, what are you looking forward to about being at the LGBT? IQ Plus Women's Health Conference.
1: Oh, look, I love it. I was so, you know, it's it's great that it's back again, and uh, I I just think, what am I looking forward to? All the different perspectives, I guess, and all the different ways of exploring. Um, what is our experience? You know, what is our, our experience of being part of this community, um, and um, and also the intersection, I guess, you know, of of uh, femininity uh, um, or female gender. I mean, there's so many variations, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. you know, uh, and I th- I just think it's a really really interesting space, and um, there's always just so much great. Uh, passionate, uh, thoughtful content. Um, yeah. So yeah, and also you could just get to hang out with a great bunch of people. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, it'll it'll be lots of fun. And yeah. yeah, we're very much looking forward to having you there and presenting your workshop. Uh, thank Being you. the bee in LGBTI. am I queer enough? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on Well 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 to discuss the workshop and to just have a chat. It's been a pleasure. And oh, it's
1: been lovely. Yeah.
0: Thank you very <laughs> Thank much, you Venetia. Thank you so much for having me. We'll see you at the conference in October.
1: <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 supported by
2: Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. For more LGBTIQ plus health and wellbeing and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn or via the website thornharbour.org.